Welcome to Who New. We are fans of the current series of Doctor Who, and here we discuss our likes, dislikes, and insights into the modern regeneration of the show. Today's episode is Gridlock, Season 3, Episode 3. Or better known here in California as the 405 Freeway. <laughs> <laughs> the Doctor returns to New New York and loses Martha to the carpool lane. This episode is written by Russell T. Davis, directed by Richard Clark. It originally aired on the 14th of April, 2007. The overnight ratings were reported that it was watched by 8 million viewers. Hi, this is Eugene. Let's introduce ourselves. I'm Josh. I'm Kelsey. Hey, this is Brian. Hi, this is Auburn. Hello, this is Frank. This is Arlene. The couple from Grant Wood's painting, American Gothic, are trapped in a car that is being attacked by an unknown force. The wife says it's because they lied and told the computer there were three of them instead of just two. They are killed as the traffic report says it's smooth skies all the way home. There's a continuity, not error, continuity. Bit. Yeah, with uh, the last episode, Shakespeare Code, the the Queen's men are chasing the Doctor and Martha, and they fire an arrow onto the TARDIS. And then here, when the Doctor and Martha exit to New New York, and it's raining, the Doctor pulls the arrow out of the TARDIS. You have to look kind of closely, because Martha's sort of blocking it. And the rain also does not help. But I think that's really cool. That's a nice bit. Well, not only that, but now Martha has been wearing the same thing for three episodes in a row. It started with Smith and, Smith and Jones. She was at the party. I thought it was funny that they had the American Gothic people at the beginning. It's I- iconic look. Mm-hmm. So you know it right away. But then to kill them off, it's just an odd twi- twist of humor to that. And I was wondering, what are they doing dressed like that? Are they doing yeah. a play? You know, it's like, what are you doing on the motorway? Well, you do a little play. You maybe start interacting with the other people in the other pod. Maybe they're Amish. Nunu Amish. (laughs) Well, I created a whole thing in my head where they're doing the Festival of the Arts, where they all become living paintings. That'll pay off later. I think pod is going to do that. (laughs) It passes the time. Or is it just like a British stereotype of this is... Yeah. This is a code for we're in America, like, but not really America because it's a whole other planet, but the American culture, like it's not British culture. Mm -hmm. The doctor decides to broaden the definition of one trip and takes Martha to New New York. They are in a lower, grittier neighborhood than his last visit. Martha guesses that he took Rose here. The street businesses open and are selling drugs to alter one's moods and memories. A couple kidnaps Martha at gunpoint and apologizes, saying they need three. They load Martha into a vehicle and take off. The shop owners tell the doctor that the couple took Martha to the motorway and no one ever comes back. In another part of the city, the face of Bo tells Novice Haim to find the doctor before it's too late. Dun, dun, dun. Doesn't Martha know to just go make her body dead weight? Any self-defense class will teach you that. If you get kidnapped, just Are drop to the ground. on that? <laughs> Didn't they have a gun? They had two guns. Didn't they also put her to sleep and picked her up and carried her with oh. no problem? <laughs> <laughs> that gun is a, it looks like a Nerf gun because I have that Nerf gun, the Nightfinder. If anybody else out there, they just heavily dressed it up and took out the orange plunger. <laughs> really? Those Nerf guns are good. Yeah, they've been getting better. Well, that one's 10 years old. The doctor then extends the idea of the one trip that he's going to take her. So he's really is starting to appreciate and like mm. Martha for who she is. To go, let's go one more. Let's go a little bit further. Yeah. Martha calls him out on what we were talking about, I think, in our last episode, um, saying that Martha is like the rebound mm-hmm. companion. I do like that she says it right in front of his face. So now he can't be oblivious. But now he needs to start waking up. And it happens in the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And also in the very beginning, he goes on and on talking about how beautiful his home planet mm-hmm. is. I think Gallifrey seems alienly beautiful with orange sky and red grass. It's just different. For those of you who have more classic experience 
have we seen Gallifrey before in, mm-hmm. in any of the... Does it match up to his description? Well, it was really cheap. Sure. So it was yeah. either a bad interior set or a quarry. Okay. I mean, the one that I remember is the... It looks like the Emerald City, more green than orange and red. From different, the different from, time of year. Yeah, <laughs> different season. From the Deadly Assassin. Oh, right. And I know, not to spoil too much, but we do get a glimpse maybe in the future of this does it do, do you guys does it match up at least within this current series that fairly well okay there are little differences well i'm sure like any planet you know it's not all burnt red grass and mountains or well but th- for gallifrey there's one there's like the capital dome city so that's like where everybody lives so everybody would have experiences in a in a similar region but yeah they always do say different colors for like green grass isn't said mm-hmm. i think they talk about red grass in other episodes as well in the mm-hmm. future it's very autumn colors like we were saying earlier yeah i or think they've red. always mentioned that the sky is orange or red yeah sunsetty sunsetty yeah i remember when i first watched this episode the the young girl who wants to get uh, forget i thought that she was the daughter of the two american gothic uh, mm. couple at Maybe first she was we don't know i'm just saying that's how i thought of it yeah, when i first I watched I it because it's I just did it because I thought they'd take her along for three. Maybe she didn't want to go. I mean, there are billions of people on the motorway. She probably didn't finish eating her vegetables yeah, and left without her. <laughs> I never made the, the correlation. Plow. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah me neither. Want to go? It's only the first yeah. time I watched it. Every time I've watched it, rewatched it since, I don't mm. think that way. But I'm just letting you. It, I, yeah. I kind of thought, oh, I wonder if those were her parents. Mm-hmm. And I just if American Gothic were your parents, you'd want to forget them too. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I always thought her her is young. Yeah, she looked. You like know, so it seemed like. She just finally got there and is going to try and forget because her parents left her a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, really? So, like, she's, she's been abandoned since she was. That's why I've got a you know, little she's kid. A kid. Wow, that's, that's yeah. dark, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, the doctor describes Gallifrey again and talking about the leaves of silver. And he describes it the way Susan does in one of the first episodes of the, the first doctor. So, that they did tie that in. And I didn't know if we should say that now or later on, but. Okay. you asked. Was it Unearthly Child? No. It was oh, Sensorites. Sensorites, okay. Um, back to what we were saying in the beginning when he's uh, when Martha's asking him about Gallifrey and he's going on, basing, mm-hmm. basically letting her believe it still exists. Sort of like what you were saying in our last episode about how he's kind of trying to, he doesn't want to get down. He's trying to keep himself in a happier place. He doesn't want to have the discussion of explain. I don't like starting from scratch. Right. I don't want to, not only do I not want to retell the story of my own planet, but I don't want to be a downer to myself. He's trying to stay in a, in a good mood. And I think that's a, and to see her be so excited and you can tell that, you know, he's covering and this, that, and the other. I thought there's a whole other layer there I found very interesting. And that's one of the reasons that I actually do like this episode. I know that's not a popular opinion. In the vehicle, the couple, Milo and Chin, tell the computer they now have three passengers and are granted access to the fast lane. They tell Martha that they are truly sorry and promise to drop her off once they get to their destination. Martha looks out the window at the fog, but Chin tells her that it's really exhaust fumes. They are going to Brooklyn because they hear the air is cleaner there. They tell her it's only 10 miles away. When asked how long it will take, they answer about six years, reasonably. The, the only problem I have with that little bit there that I actually, I like that, is that she said, well, don't worry, as soon as we get there, we'll let you out, you can go find your friend. Just the logic of, it'll be six years before I could see my friend, or... or, or Twelve, because you have to go back the other direction. Right, right. <laughs> or, or is where they were going to let her off before they get to where they're actually going. 
where they say, we'll let you off when we get here, and then we're going to keep going. No, they have to have so three people be... in the car all the way to Brooklyn. All the way. All right, well, there's so... a section that doesn't have the fast lane. Well, that's what I was saying. So maybe like, before there. I, when I watched it this time now, I was like, oh, so did they mean Martha doesn't have to wait six years to see her friend? I was a little confused about that. I thought they needed three people to be in the fast lane the whole time. I thought the fast lane was the whole time. When was it? No, uh, they said once they got out, once they took an exit to Brooklyn, it was normal streets or something. I can't oh, remember. They're okay, like, that's right. yeah. So I think you know maybe it wasn't six years till Martha can see her. So if even if they're all used to the fact that it takes years to drive someplace, that's a pretty oblivious uh, attitude to take. That you'll never see your friend for another six years, and going back to that same spot, doubt they're still going to be there. <laughs> so that's what made me think. Oh, maybe Martha's not. They'll let her off after this this section. And also, just the, I think we should mention the ridiculousness of, you know, having a commute that's six years. Um, well, and, and part of me wants to say that because of that, that maybe this whole story isn't meant to be literal. Yeah, you really have to buy a lot. But that's what I'm saying. Like, suspend, because there, suspend reality There is a, a lot. lot that you have to, yes. Uh, all these people being on this road for... Years, twenty three years, years yeah. Two years, like nothing e- breaks down. Right. They they wave. They did the hand waving with the regenerative fueling and the waste products as food, but it's still like the human psyche cannot maintain itself if you are in those small spaces. You know, and as the doctor was jumping through the cars, or some people that are single drivers, um, you know, this doesn't seem to me like. As, as far as stretching the imagination and the suspension of disbelief that this would even fit within the world that we see the doctor inhabiting. That's why I think this Martha Seasons are a little more geared towards kids because they're not going to go into in-depth for trying to get reasons for doing things. It's like, this is the way it is, and kids would just accept it. Mm-hmm. This is just the way it is. And two, my second point about that is never underestimate human's ability to just accept things sure. and go through things it's, and not question it. It's just amazing what people go along with without thinking yeah. about it. Right. Yeah. And and some of the some of the other like clues that I'm gonna try to buy into, but uh, you know, I have not done scholarly research on this. Okay. But obviously like there is a huge amount of religious symbolism and not even symbolism, but just, you know, the they're singing the old rugged cross. Never there's heard it before this a, episode. There's a couple of mentions of Jehovah. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is religious. I think Martha towards the end even comments on her couple's faith. Well, um, I think Martha knowing the song and crying during that part, it's like she grew up that way. So you see that she already has that religious background. Mm-hmm. But five billion years in the but future, it's still, 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 it's still yeah. right. there. So Yeah, but they'll also be singing Row, Row Your Boat five million years in the future. Yes, but I'm saying this story, it might be deeper than I am giving it credit for because I, as a, a viewer, I, I don't feel like it's very deep. But maybe they were trying to do something that I didn't understand. Or... I think there's an element there. I yeah. think there's definitely. I mean, I think there's a lot more in this episode. It's just handled very simply. Mm. It seems sillier than it does, than it actually is. So I don't know. Like, I know there's a lot of symbolism of salvation going on with later on in the episode. But what I first thought of was 
the fact that the old rugged cross is piped in to each of the cars and everyone sings along, it's doing a different kind of commentary, something like Nietzsche would have said that the religion is the opiate of the masses. So keeping everyone in this little realm of everything really is bad right now, but you have faith that someday you're going to get something better because someone is sacrificing for you, just like Jesus did, made it all more acceptable in that psychological way of being able to make it through that time frame in that loop that they were in. So it's like, again, people will do anything if they believe that something better is at the end of the tunnel. I just have to comment on the doctor when Martha's kidnapped and they put her in the van and go away. His whole Stella (laughs) yell was just the crane shot. Just made me laugh and took me out of the story. Going, they spent a lot on that shot. (laughs) But why? Why the Stella yell? I didn't even think of that, but that is funny. (laughs) Okay, I actually thought that was very in character. I really liked it, but there's a lot of the tenth octave that's over the top. Ditto. The doctor gets to the enclosed motorway and sees both horizontal and vertical rows of hovering van-like vehicles in the largest gridlock ever. You've obviously never gone to work with me. Um, He begins to cough from the exhaust fumes when one of the vans opens and tells him to get inside quickly. Once in the van, he meets Thomas Kincaid Brannigan, Bran for short, one of the cat race, his human wife, Valerie, and their litter. The kittens were born in the van, and Bran and Valerie have been driving for 12 years. The cars move up a bit, and now the doctor is trapped on board until they reach the next platform in about six months. The, the doctor learns about Brannigan, through Brannigan and Valerie, how long it takes to go somewhere in this new, new, new earth. I thought it was interesting that the doctor is not impressed. Like, it seems like we've been in situations before where there's a hopeless situation, and the doctor sees the human race continuing to trudge on it he's it's clear that he's like not impressed by mm-hmm. the con- by the just like accepting their situation of oh this is how long it takes to go 6 miles he's usually impressed by the people or the human race conquering over some sort of all-powering oppression this is blind mm-hmm. acceptance of something that doesn't make sense Yeah, this is traffic. You you know, I think that's, yeah. (laughs) Like someone would say that this was more of a religious themed episode, but I actually think that this episode is more anti-religion than it would be religious. For sure, I think. Didn't even think about it till we just started talking right now, but now that we just watched it, it's definitely using the construct of religion to say, isn't this silly? Yeah. But sort of, because in the end... So it actually is a happy Well, ending, I'll have, yeah, I'll yeah, have yeah. something to say about that, too. So. <laughs> oh, and kittens got me on that episode. I love the episode already. There's a bunch of little kittens walking around. Done. <laughs> Let's just now, not think about how those kittens... Yeah, I know. You don't think about it. Just kittens. Which the kittens part of so the... Cute. It's just a different way of life. Yeah. <laughs> what part no of, the, uh, no bad. of the procreative process do we not think about? The beginning or the end? None of All it. Of it. It's just <laughs> there's a litter of kittens. <laughs> and they're cute. They're cute. And they're cute. Right. I think that's Very funny. Nice. You say none of it, and I say all of it. It's like, forget all of it. <laughs> I say the same thing opposite ways again. <laughs> but this goes back to what you guys are saying, and this is more geared towards kids, and they're yes. just going to be like, oh, a human and a cat yeah, it's had funny. It's a cartoon. babies. That's right. it. We don't want to know no. the logistics. 
logistics of that. Because they don't know the logistics of that. Right. They, so they the just accept it. They just accept it. <laughs> and yet he's an old-fashioned cat. And we'll get so to the, that. Yeah. So the stork brought them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they ate the stork for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> They've been rationing that for 12 years. <laughs> Martha's van begins its descent to the lowest level to access the fast lane. The doctor uses a CB and contacts another car with two women who keep notes on what happens in the motorway. They tell him that the van he is looking for is headed down to the fast lane. He asks the women if they have ever seen a police car, an ambulance, or any official car in the 23 years they have been driving. They haven't, and he tells Bran and Valerie that the motorway is cut off and they will never reach their destination. They refuse to take him down to the fast lane because cars disappear down there. The doctor opens a hatch on the floor of the van and jumps down to the next lane. So I think this is why the doctor is not celebrating their resilience, because it's not a matter of overcoming, it's a matter of denial. Yes. And, and this is where we see that, that mm -hmm. they all know it's not right, but they're all ignoring that. Because all the reactions are, don't ask that question, they yeah. all know the answer. But they all have to fake or have that hope. And that's what's keeping them going is hope. The guy who kidnapped Martha, I was constantly annoyed by his justifications and his denial. But now that we're talking about it this way, I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of brilliant <laughs> the way he was like that. <laughs> I got a big kick out of the combination of old and new tech, the CB and the computers and the spaceships and stuff. I have to be on their friends list. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when did Facebook actually really start? Think, or MySpace had a friends list. Well, this is the face of Bo Book. No. <laughs> right, let's go out on that. <laughs> Episode's done. Right. So that happened. That's another FB. <laughs> Whoa. Creepy. I do like the interaction between Bran and Alice and May. Oh, I yeah. you know, really just, like that. I'm an old-fashioned cat. No, 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 your sisters. You know they're just doing it as a joke. You can see Valerie just laughing. Going, How many times have you said the same joke over and over? That was a good characterization for something so short, but uh, I liked right. it a lot. Speaking of them, uh, Alice and May Cassini are the first homosexual married couple featured in the series. Mm. This must have been a script issue where somebody said, okay, we're going to have the doctor jumping on cars, going through the cars, jumping on cars. He's got to take his coat off. So he just gives up his coat. And we learn. And I, lo I love that. I love that coat. Janice Joplin gave me that coat. Yeah. Which is just a great line. And, then, and then he says to, to uh, Valerie, if it makes you feel any better, I'm having kittens. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was very funny. I can't believe he gave up his coat. <laughs> he gets it, got back. it back. Which I don't know Spoiler. How. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I don't even know how he but, gets it but back. Can you nope. see them sitting in the writer's room going, he's got to take the coat off. But how does he get the coat back? We'll just write a line where he says he gets, he asks for the coat back. But you can see them being like, yeah, but is he going to get the coat back? <laughs> After a week of deliberation, he gets the coat back. He gets the coat back, yeah. I also wanted to point out that it's in this scene where the doctor, um, he admits that he didn't take the time to get to know Martha yet at mm -hmm. this point. And he's just been, he's been too busy showing off. Right, right. And he lied to her. No, most definitely. I thought of that as well. So that now he's not doing it unconsciously. <laughs> he's... If or he's he, mean to her. He's recognizing oh, he's, he's it? Recognizing he's recognizing it. He's finally recognizing it. Surrounded by so much denial, he's coming out of his. Ah. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> there you go. We will edit that out. Wow. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> that is so deep. 
Well, and don't go crazy. Threw it off. Also, on the hero's journey, he's diving in down into, into the, the tomb yeah. of death. Yeah. <laughs> Deeper into the special world. Eugene, your voice changed. <laughs> no, it didn't. He sonics his way into the top hatch of the next van and so on and so on until he reaches the lowest level just above the fast lane. The doctor opens the lower hatch of the van to see what is below. He hears growling but can't see because of the fumes. So he uses the ventilation system to create a bit of a breeze. The fumes clear slightly, and he sees a multitude of huge crabs, the macra, living on the bottom of the motorway. This is uh, the second time we've seen the macra. The macra is uh, a second Doctor villain from the serial The Macra Terror. This is with uh, the second Doctor Patrick Troughton and uh, Jamie and Polly. Did we see them in that episode? Like, yeah, they were they were pretty bad. Did they look like this, or were they less devolved, like he mentions in this episode? Yeah, they were definitely more intelligent. Human-sized? <laughs> yes. The claws grabbed humans. They, they grabbed Polly at one point. So they and, didn't grab entire vans, yeah. but they grabbed a human. And also, this is one of those lost episodes, so only audio and certain stills and certain video segments exist of this story mm. so it's not all there and i think russell was saying he thought it was fun to bring back a villain that was from an episode that nobody could watch and again he's saying that the macro is an old ancient race mm-hmm. so another one to go along with the mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and while they are the villains in the motorway they don't end up being the cause for the the problem correct yeah so they're more they're just there yeah and well, hungry not, at this point we don't know that yeah. right right but eventually like there it wasn't a macro plot to Mm-mm. eat people it was just so how long did they say this has been going on 23 years 24 24 well, they've been one of the first ones were driving alice and may and they've yeah. been driving for 23 years yeah so okay but and, they've hey, been driving for 23 years but does that mean that's when the freeway started. It's coming up. Just hold on. <laughs> but she does. But one of them does say we were one, we were of, one of the, the first, first people. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. We were right. one of the first yeah. people on the motorway, gotcha, and that was gotcha. twenty-three years ago. And we get the explanation later on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. To me, anyway, it's very confusing. Like I'm just, I mean, like I know that it's all explained at the end. Like especially, yeah, I don't know. When it comes to like plot, I don't feel like it should be deep and shrouded. Like it. You know, like, this huh. happens because of this, this happened because of this. Reminds me of current Doctor Who, or current-ish Doctor oh. Who. <laughs> but, but I like this episode, but I do, I do feel like through most of this episode, I'm very confused. Because at this point, I do feel like, oh man, someone is like manipulating this freeway to keep the that's macro what, fed. That's what you're supposed to think. Right. Oh, okay. Well, so that, that is, it's a whole mislead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's what it's supposed then. to totally seem like. Like there are these that it's like you said a, a macro plot. The fact that they're dwelling on a lot of past villains, like very ancient things. Um, the doctor talked about his planet. He's revisiting a place that he's already been. Maybe it's just the doctor psyche right now that he's just dwelling a lot in the past, and he's started trying to figure out how to move forward from that. But he's really dwelling there. Mm, I can see that. I think there's uh, the whole thing with now that he's on the rebound or this that is making him question life and just put him in another space and time. <laughs> As he's dropping down from van to van, one of them has um, the two Asian girls. And in the kanji on the wall, 
says bad wolf oh. and that's where he's putting on the gas mask to go continuing on there's just a in the background oh. you mean you mean the bandana well because of the gas he's yeah, putting yeah. the bandana on as a mask yeah yes um and then to me the woman in the picture reminds me of rose yeah. in that same oh. so you can see better I can, I mean, yeah, little, yeah. there's a paper that's being passed around <laughs> but if you look at it it's where he's putting How on the bandana. across that information the internet no but like you can't read that you weren't no. watching and go hey yeah in my, in <laughs> no, my I Japanese do not read class <laughs> we just learned but to me that looked like rose <laughs> and i might have been able to from my japanese classes well did you no because i don't know the kanji for bad or wolf <laughs> <laughs> i did like that scene of the doctor jumping through all what, the different what color consoles. is that bandana blue blue Caption. Is it or is it purple? It looks purple to I me. I thought it was purple. Yeah. Well, I'm colorblind, so it could be a cup. It looked blue in the car, but I think outside of the car, purple. It was more purplish. I can't recall. Because blue is his color, right? No, you Maybe. Say it's not his color, but. <laughs> Let us know. Do you think it's blue that. or purple? I think Email us at whonewpodcast.gmail.com. No, I think he's mentioned it before it when, like. Yeah, he uh, says, not my co- Thank you for, the, for this. Not my color, but. But, like, Donna's car is blue at one point. Maybe not in this timeline. But I do remember seeing somewhere where he does remark on blue being his color. Oh. Hmm. We'll have to keep out for so that. Maybe then. that's in the future. Maybe. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure the bandana's purple. Yes. I did like him going through all the different people. And then when he reaches the bottom, it's just a really fine banker. English businessman. Businessman yeah. with the bowler. And to me, it reminded me of Son of Man, the painting by Rene Magritte, with the apple in oh, front of his face. Oh, you're totally so right. We're doing so I'm thinking, that it. was the Festival of the Masters in yes. space. You know? I bet yes. you are. And then the other couple was Adam and Eve, and, and they're just yes, waiting for their spot. Yeah, you're I totally did. right. They were like, and what about, uh, I, uh, the, I bet you the Asian girls were something, too. Maybe it was just the Bad Wolf. Japanese or, pop art. I don't know. Uh, but Russell T. Davis says that he was inspired by uh, the Judge Dredd comics, so that's why New New York looks like Mega City One with oh. all the like overpopulation. And then what Frank was mentioning, the, the English businessman, his appearance is based on Max Normal, who's a character in the Judge Dredd comics. Still, he looks just like that. No, but Frank's theory, I like yeah. his theory too. Yeah. I did get a kick I'll out of... I make it up as I go along and I like it. <laughs> I did get a kick out of, do you have any water? Yes, right here in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> No, but also the cat's name in the first car is... Um, Brannigan? No, you said something else. What are we talking about? Thomas Kincaid. Kincaid. Oh, oh, that's yeah. right. Also yeah. another artist. Oh, that's totally it. Well, what do you know? So. I guess now we know. You know? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, back to commenting on him jumping levels. It's like that's what the, the doctor does. He runs. But in this case, he can't run uh, horizontally. He runs vertically. So he goes lower. And I think that's cool that they were able to do that. And then take the same uh, set of each van and just uh-huh, redress yeah. it. But the editing does it so well that you don't know that it's a different <laughs> time that they've shot those scenes. So it looks like it's Ooh, one continuous I, flow. I wonder how long it took him to do that. Yeah, I know. Because there was a lot. Yeah. A different set I don't know. It's a, it's a pretty simple set. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a few of them. No, they no, in the commentary they only had one. They only had one. But they're they small. <laughs> it's like the like, Big Bang Theory. I mean, I it's the same elevator. They walk up and down. It's yeah. not necessarily that you'd have to relight them. Yeah, the true. lighting is different, though. Well, oh, well, yeah, that's, that's one true. thing you asked. And I'd love to know. Did it take a day? The production just people are just like they do don't know what we do. Probably do. Bro, you know, sorry, you know, but they just did. They have the extras all lined up, and you know, Adam and Eve are just naked all mm-hmm. day. And I don't know. Then the I one that was, everything was white. 
Yeah. Right. And the one and then, that's all red. All red. Yeah. But but that kind of reminded me because the Duke of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It's all he was blue. All, blue purpley. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there was a precedent on this planet for... I think that has more to do with what Frank was saying, I bet, in some fashion. They were getting ready to be something and... No, no, like there's, you know, there's that old joke of like, you know, oh, this is the painting sold for $3 million. It's a big white square or it's a big blue square or whatever it may be. (laughs) Or just the primary colors. What episode was the Duke of Manhattan in? North. Oh, he was in that episode? Mm -hmm. Did we do that one? He was dying, remember? And and then at the end, he he miraculously recovered. Yeah. Okay. But again, going back to what we were saying about the guilt that uh, the 10th Doctor is showing, uh, paralleling this with Rose's first venture into the future with End of the World. But talking about that with this, back then when we had our episode, we were talking about how the Doctor was showing off by going way into the future. Like, this is a hot rod and I'm going to go as fast as I can to impress my date. Where here, he's admitting that he's sort of showing, he is showing off, but then now he cares about what's going to happen in his consequences of what he's doing. And I think that shows growth in his character, too. Mm-hmm. Ender liked that, too. <laughs> I liked how uh, the girl that kidnapped Martha when she was asleep thought she was rich yeah. because of the way she was dressed. Mm-hmm. Leather. It's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but just the fact that she looked, she didn't, she wasn't really, she wasn't dirty. She, not that they were dressed in rags, but But they, they were, didn't look as clean. No. Milo, Chin, and Martha reach the Brooklyn Junction exits, but they are closed. They hear growling from outside of their van, and it begins to shake. Star Trek style. <laughs> a woman from a van behind them calls on the CB and tells them to drive up. There is something living in the exhaust fumes, which has caught them. Milo won't go up because they don't have authorization, so Martha orders him to drive forward, but the Macra attack the van. Something is drawing the crabs to the ship, so Martha tells Milo to shut everything off, and the attacks stop. Without power, they only have eight minutes of air left, and eight minutes to decide what to do. And the woman that called them was another cat woman. Yeah, I took it as a cat, where some people have taken it as a wolf. She looked like a a wolf to me. Cat. It's a cat. I thought it was more of a wolf like from Harry Potter, the Grim. Mm. <laughs> I just found it yeah. interesting how they used the same sort of. There's cat people on this yeah. planet. Yeah. Yeah. But so all the cat people look the same. Because those are canines. All the cat people we've seen look the same, though. Well, it's mass hysteria. There are dogs and cats living together. <laughs> <laughs> but well, that's like for her and her companions. I did that too. Were in there. Yeah. It's like she's trying to save someone else because she knows she yeah. can't. Well, it was weird because I was watching it and I actually felt more empathy for those three characters in peril who, who just then died because I guess they were so interesting. <laughs> uh, like, like, what's their story? This this wolf woman and With these two the twins? blonde twins. Yeah. Like, I kind of like because they weren't just your generic red shirts. They, I, I was like, oh no, they, they they seemed like more actual people to me. That is interesting. <laughs> Oh, how Martha said to shut everything down because she saw it in a movie? Yeah. I'm assuming it's Jurassic Park. Submarines. Submarines. It's Submarines. That's like what it was. every submarine movie. And then the AC oh, yeah. sh- or the air con shuts down. Right. So then they're sweaty, just like a submarine movie. Oh. <laughs> so what does happen after they shut down in submarine movies? It's, they float. It remains quiet and they wait for the other the sub to make a move. Go off. Someone yeah. drops a pen <laughs> and they can pick that up on the sonar. Yeah. <laughs> and then they fire everything and... <laughs> Or Spock accidentally turns the sensor on. 
and but Martha does get a lot of her information from movies, like you know, last episode, Back to the Future, and then this. Was there anything? So the, it's was like, there anything in the prior movies? In the prior episodes? With what her? movies? But, but I like that. But I like that. You know, she's using her own knowledge, which is just of pop culture, yeah. movies, whatever, and finding how the else are you supposed to learn anything? Aspect to it. Tell <laughs> we learn about Shakespeare. I learn everything through Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> It was also this uh, car that said, Jehovah, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. No. To... Yeah. And then Brannigan says it, too. Mm-hmm. But so... you see, I just see that as an exclamation. Sure. Yeah, but, sure, but the fact but... that that's the word that they choose. Yeah. Like, they, they... And again, this is one of those episodes where I've said before, it's either genius or mediocrity. <laughs> mediocrity. And, you, you know, know it could be some I, guy, you know... Of, I'm sorry, but all I think of when I hear Jehovah is... Monty Python. Yes. <laughs> Jehovah, Jehovah. You're just making it worse for yourself. How could it possibly be worse? Jehovah, Jehovah. One interesting thing, and I'll just bring it up here because it's as closest to the as uh, the the fast lane takes three people to to enter the fast mm-hmm. lane. As I'm sure Arlene knows, the the Trinity figures mm-hmm. prominently mm-hmm. in uh, Christian uh, mythology. Uh, we also have three exits. That are all closed mm-hmm. for Brooklyn from uh, from the fast lane. I feel like there was one other set of three, but I'm um, not recalling it now. Poison Ivy. One one thing that you know this this motorway is kind of like either a purgatory where you know it's in between all these spaces. Like it's not the city, it's not the undercity, it's not the overcity, it's the the middle, it's the journey there, or it's representative of just the the rat race like the human experience of like you know we're all on this stuck in traffic there's toxic fumes and i think it's both yeah it's probably both or neither but and then (laughs) down is hell yeah destroying your own world by um adding all this pollution and you're creating this chaos and this traffic that you stay in because you're you follow rules because they've never seen a police officer right yet they won't drive in different directions they'll stay in their line and they'll report what they're supposed to report and they just fear it like in the very first um, scene where they said you you lied to them and that's why we're being punished. Mm-hmm. So it's again like you just they're so blind at following the rules. Mm-hmm. So they're in a prison of their own making. Whether whether that's a religious, we'll find that out you know yeah. symbol or more societal. I think like it's, it's both. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's it's a commentary on religion that mm-hmm. you've created. You know well, your hell. own hell. It's like. Um, there was a meme that I saw this week that I th- thought it was hilarious. It's Jesus knocking on the door and the person's like, hey, why, like, what do you want, Jesus? He's like, well, I want to save you from what I'm going to do to you. <laughs> 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 so it's of its own making. But mm-hmm. well, it brings up an inter- interesting point, basically human nature to create this pattern of behavior, whether whatever the purpose of it is. It's just what we find ourselves circling in until some time traveler shows up and breaks us out of it. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Or the face above. (laughs) Novice Haim cuts her way through the roof of Bran and Valerie's van, demanding to know the whereabouts of the doctor. She continues down the rows of vans and finally finds him. She says the situation is far worse than he thinks and transports them both up top to the empty Senate building. 
skeletons lay about the Senate building. Before you go on, I thought that was rude that she cut the top yeah. off. So now all the, all the yeah, exhaust. exhaust are coming in. She's like, wow. she didn't care. It's like, then from then on, I, I could see that. that the doctor probably kept everything unlocked as he went because he didn't stop to lock it up again. Did she uh, actually saw through it or did she maybe just saw the lock and come down? No, because... The, the whole ceiling came down. down. Yeah, the, like the door falls down. I never right. thought of that. I hated that Those part. I thought, I thought of that as well. well. I'm going to have to hate her now. But she knew that the doctor was about to save everybody. But they How said long? 20 no. minutes made the person's head blow up. So yeah. Or enlarge, not enlarge. blow up. Whatever Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Again, I think because... <laughs> just clarifying. So, but again, I think that's, you know, the juvenile, oh, it's exciting to see the yeah. little pirates yeah. and stuff. Brannigan was just, oh, pirates. <laughs> it seemed like, oh, that's going to happen again. So maybe they can yeah. have an automatic fix somehow to it. And then her, her gun drill or whatever, laser drill. It sounded like the Cyberman drill. Yeah. yeah. Skeletons lay about the Senate building. They all died 24 years ago when a new mood drug called Bliss was released. It created a mutated virus that became airborne and killed everyone within seven minutes. Miranda. <laughs> Who gets it? Firefly. There we go. Well, Serenity. Yeah, movie. the movie. She and the face of Bo cut off the motorway and the Undercity to protect them. Bo hooked himself into the system to give the Undercity power. The city is safe again, but he is dying and does not have enough power to get the people out. Face of Bo pleads with the doctor to save the people below. Too much of anything can be really bad. So, like, the Dalek's intention was to take away those emotions to make rational decisions. You know, same as the Cybermen. But then you add too much of the (coughs) emotional part, too much of the bliss, too much of anything. It just creates something that's bad. But the problem with bliss was that there was a virus inside it that was Well, yeah, that's what killed It wasn't the bliss itself. You know, yeah, I, I didn't like. So I don't know well, about the drug I, I actually don't find that as creepy that there was a virus. But before they said that, I was thought that's really cool that they were so blissed out they just sat there and died because they didn't care. That's what I was thinking. And then was in happen. seven minutes they were all dead. So it kind of killed what I thought was really cool in seven seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also when they first, when the doctor and Martha first arrived, it's raining where they're at in the Undercity. So that's not a closed off part it could have just been air conditioning rest. condensation yeah what kind of rain is sure. it sure have you no, not no, been no, in no. florida kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got rained on indoors in florida so in a seedy undercity yeah. mm-hmm. i'm okay with i'm okay with there being disgusting rain um i also i've never considered the whole denial aspect but now so now i am and i'm just thinking it's kind of interesting that with this bliss all the people are going into denial they're mm-hmm. using all these drugs to go into denial and that it was the bliss, the denial that killed everybody. I the think, denial motif kind of grows, yeah. and that's what destroyed the entire society. And this whole episode has sort of brought the doctor out of his denial of, yeah. you know, how he's really feeling. Well, Martha pulls him out of his mm-hmm. denial. Yeah. yeah. I think he was very content to stay in it until mm-hmm. she sits down. And, right, right. Well, this episode is... Yes. Yeah. It's the purpose of the episode yeah, in the yeah. season-long arc. Um, you just uh, made me think about when the doctor first arrived, when they first arrive again, and he sonics the screen and sees a picture of the upper city. And he says, you know, oh, yeah, that's how I remember it. But there, I think there are cars flying in that picture. Yeah, they were too. Yeah, in the, in New Earth, there were. No, well, there I'm were. saying they're all dead up but, there. Yeah. He's sonicking like an archive. I thought it was like a security feed. Well, mm. I think everything that's being broadcast to wherever is a hologram. Like everything's to keep okay. them pacified and, and believing that. But everything's fine and normal up there. So okay. We're all fine up broadcasting. here. Broadcasting. Thank you. 
How are you? <laughs> Not a Star Wars fan. But it is interesting that, yes, all the people in the Undercity, the reason they're on the motorway is to get out of there to uh, a utopia, to the Upper City, where the, the apple grass is and everything right. is luxurious. Apple grass. The uh, Garden of Eden. Thing. Sure. That, I mean, that was from New Earth when mm-hmm. him and Rose were sitting on the grass. Yep. So that's... That's a long game they were playing. (laughs) I know I've been advocating some like heavy symbolism, but I I don't think it is deep. I think it's trying to be deep on some levels, and like I don't think it it makes it superficially deep. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. (laughs) Or is it is it deeply superficial? (laughs) Or it's unintentionally. I just, just see it as they're using they're using these fun things to put together in a fun way, and it's just you know it. I I never even until we started talking about it during this episode, I never even th- thought that much except the obvious obvious stuff, and uh, uh, I, I think it's a lot of fun to see all those connections. And I like the irony that to try and save everybody and also off planet, the Senate's last act was to put in the quarantine that would last for a hundred years yeah. and therefore killing everybody on the planet yeah but they're, 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 they're they did the gonna, right thing right they thought they were going to isolate right. it not realizing that they isolate the lower city and they're still alive mm-hmm. well they didn't do that no right face Bo bow and but they were they, the senate was going to sacrifice everybody on the right. planet yeah oh see i thought the senate in doing the quarantine cut off the under no, Bo did. No, no, he. That's what and, she said. And I thought Bo was using his power just to keep everything below there going. And no, Bo was doing both of that. So he cut them off. Yes. To save them. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. He cut and off then, the motorway because the and drug the got airborne really quickly. It's like there was that weird virus in yeah. it. So when people took it, it became airborne. You know, started yeah, killing but, everybody. But he wasn't even off, taking it. And Bo, but the cutting and off Bo was cut good off. then. Yes. Right. Okay, was, see, I, I took as you guys were saying, it was bad that they got cut off. No, no. No, the, no just the irony of that they were trying to save people off planet by isolating the quarantine. But yeah. what they did is they actually sentenced the people to death below who weren't infected yet. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they did that regardless of the face of Bo. They just quarantined the planet. Face of boat was on the planet and said, "Oh no, we're being quarantined. Let me save these people while I can." Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Senate was basically saying, "Don't come and help us. We're already dead. Save yourself. Mm-hmm. Go away." And that condemned everyone on the planet to death, which was probably the right thing to do when you only have seven minutes to make a decision. The yeah. Vulcan way. But switching things to a different topic, uh, we get introduced to the. It's called Bow, the piece of music. Oh. It's uh, it's on the season three CD, and I think it, you know, it sounds like it belongs with the rest of the season, I guess, because it's, you know, Mary Gold did it, but it's just very uplifting when you hear it with the face of Bo. It's what a coincidence that it was called that, and they used it in that episode. With that it. is. This is the first time we hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Martha tells Milo and Jean about the doctor and her faith in him. Milo restarts the van and the Macra attack again. The doctor sees their van on a monitor and continues to work to get power to the motorway. The face of Bo gives the last of his life force, allowing the doctor to open the roof of the motorway. The doctor broadcasts on the traffic report feed for everyone to drive up. Milo ascends and they all cheer as they see the sunlight. 
the doctor tells Martha to head for the Senate building. So, in essence, the face of Bo sacrifices himself so everyone can rise to where it's lovely and there's light. And there's light and bright. And- so did did um, Novice Haim and the face of Bo then run out of power and that's why they couldn't... Yes. They sealed it off. Everything's safe now. Now they need to unseal it, but they don't have enough power. Correct. Yeah. That's why he's dying. He, he still had enough power to keep it, to keep it going. going. But not but enough, he, power, not to enough open power to open it. it. And what did the doctor do to add power? Jiggery pokery. Jiggery pokery. <laughs> Seriously, I agree with that Yes, yeah, I know. But the doctor knows how to jury rig yeah. how this goes. So here he's showing literally that knowledge is power. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, it all uh, works. It know. all fits. What's your, what's your line, Albert? It's either brilliant. There, yeah. <laughs> then something went wrong, and that's when he said, I'll give you that Schoolhouse school rock. <laughs> it's just that we need a sacrifice and knowledge yeah. for people to be saved. So it's not just one or the other. So it was trying to strike the chord with the balance of, you know, there's the savior and there's the person who tries hard to get things to be fixed. Or they're saying that your savior is nothing. Look, we can create a new savior. And these people were saved and they went to this place that seems like heaven because of where they've been living. It's both. It's all of it. It's all It's all of the above. Of what? And you actually just made me think of an analogy for the, what, the macros? Macro. The macro. Macro uh, down below where he said they devolved and now they're just beasts. So... You know, they used to have much more intelligence, whereas if you were, you know, thinking about the consequence of your actions and all this stuff, and, like, if you don't do something that's what a good person would do, you think about it, and maybe you could work a way out to redeem yourself or whatever, but it's just been devolved into this place below the earth that there's a beast that will hurt you. So the pits of hell. Right. If you try to take the fast route, right, you're going to go to hell. Right. It's just a beast. <laughs> and you'll get crabs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We've so, de- so we've devolved. Don't, don't be a fast woman. <laughs> or man. Or, well. <laughs> or cat. <laughs> That's where you get the little penicillin patch. There you go. <laughs> Martha uh, reiterates something that Rose said about not really knowing who the doctor is. They come to that realization. Going, oh my gosh, I just followed this guy. I and I'm really trusting in my faith, putting my faith in the stranger, I think she says. Right. But then oh. she also reiterates what Donna said in that sometimes I think he likes me, but I think he just needs someone to be with him. Mm-hmm. And Donna was saying, I hope you find somebody because I think you need somebody need it, with yeah. you to stop you. Mm-hmm. So she knows a little bit more. And she looked down and there was a pair of footsteps next to her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, footprints. Footprints. <laughs> Come on. A footprint is not a boot. (laughs) Oh my God. But I think it's a little. She knew a lot of Christian analogies. (laughs) I think it's a little foreshadowing of Martha's character in that Mm -hmm. they feel hopeless down there. And she talks to Milo and Sheen, saying, You know, you have your hymns, you have all that. But we have the doctor. You haven't seen what he does. You haven't seen who he is and what he's capable of doing. And if he's out there and helping, we have hope. For sure. You know, what Martha does is using those words and inspiring those people to hold on. Yeah, not words as a weapon, but words to inspire. Because she's just come off the moment of, I don't know who the doctor is. Right. Wow, my family doesn't know where I am. If I die, they won't know where I am. But I just traveled with this guy, and I don't know who he is. And then we see her later going, but I have every faith in him. All my hope is on him, and he will save us. We just have to move. And yes, 
That's great foreshadowing. I think right there, that's the heart of Martha's character. Yep. So pay attention, listeners. I like the music that they played as they're driving up. I thought it was very inspiring, but also very doctory. I, you know, I, I want to say that's the, the bow is that track, the I think. I think it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Yeah. And I could just, part of me was like wanting them to do it more as a comedy and just have, we're moving on up. As a new east side, yes. <laughs> just as other cars are going up, it's just a deluxe apartment in this guy's just perfect. It's funny. Uh, towards the end of the episode, when they're when they're watching all of the car, uh, vans drive into the city, all, uh, all I thought of was like, okay, now here's a whole other story of people acting like 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 maniacs, getting dibs on apartments <laughs> and like killing each other over staking their claim. Like in the beginning, I, of, like, you know, it's like immediately head for you know New Central Park right. on the New West Side and grab the top. There's most no police. It's like it's mine now. We just need to clear out the skeletons and we're good. I totally thought that when I was watching it last night. And again, I never thought that before. But now it's like you guys get you can just pick whatever you want. Okay. And yet they're still under quarantine for another seventy-five years, so they're all on their own. Well, they've known how to survive. Yeah, if they could survive in a little box, they could survive. <laughs> so they're so they're living on the uh, new Upper West Side, right. overlooking New Central Park, eating poop. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they can start farming. That's true. When Martha arrives, she joins the doctor as the face of Bo is dying. Novice Hames says there is a legend that the face of Bo will tell his last secret to a traveler. The face of Bo says that he and the doctor are both the last of their kind. Then he says his last words. Know this, Time Lord. You are not alone. There is another Skywalker. <laughs> Before uh, Novus Haim talked about the legend of the face of Bo, she did say, my Lord gave his life. Right. Yes. So yeah. this is our final trinity of this episode novice ham the doctor in the face of Bo, is our godhead that mm-hmm. through sacrifice saves humanity saves humanity mm-hmm. i have that note <laughs> well i wrote it down too <laughs> in the this is the third episode in a in the uh, season yeah oh that's in a trilogy yes in a trilogy too in the face of you know that trilogy. first season end of the world second season new earth and then third season gridlock we're all in the year five billion and this Ish. is the, yeah this is the this is the last time also we're going to be in this year <laughs> but just going along with the trinity yeah. of threes going on mm. so. i like my six six sixes better <laughs> <laughs> takes longer to get there <laughs> Now, the face of Bo is just a huge face. So what's going on in this episode made me think maybe the gas is what he's using to have his face so large. Because mm-hmm. we're talking <gasps> about the macro. No, 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 about- no. What happens when you're out there for more than 20 minutes? That's a legend. That's an urban legend, though. 50 uh, right. But that's a 50 foot. But I mean, just thinking, well, maybe there is some faces Validity to this to that, yeah. legend. You know, the macro oh, are yeah, larger but- than they were before. and. That was overblown with the 50-foot head. But he but, already looked like that before this episode. But he's in a gas tank. And oh, now the gas... So I'm just fumes. wondering if somehow he's utilizing, he, he's got utilizing that to... Oh, yeah. gosh. Does it save the novice? I guess just... Maybe I'm, like, trying to, like, take this episode too seriously. But... So when they... They face a bow and novice Haim shut off the Undercity. So is that good or bad? So it could be good and bad yeah. because if 
they hope for so for so long that the that they just die off right, if completely, you... like because Bo's gonna be had to die eventually, um, in the situation where he's giving up all his power. So, like it was just like luck that the doctor showed up at a at a time. Yeah, that... well, or the, no, or the I think the face of Bo has faith in the doctor. Yeah, that's so what it's I faith think. Faith altogether. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what if somebody down there was a mechanic who could open the doors and doesn't know there's a problem? What gets me is you you cut off the undercity and you cut off the, the motorways, but you can't still call them. No, Maybe you don't want to tell them no, what's going on. you don't want to tell them. I agree with you. But when it becomes safe and the virus has died out and now suddenly it's better and you go, I don't have the power to open the doors. So in my opinion, what is needed to open those doors is much larger than anyone could possibly be able to do. And that is down there. See, and I think from the from the motorway, maybe, but there's got to be walkways from Undercity up. And But that's what I think. It's like you can't think of this episode that deeply. Or it could just be that whole explanation of... The fact that this godhead that saved these people but left them in this state of almost doom thinks that he knows better than all the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't think that any of them have that capability of being able to get out. Sounds like the doctor to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or even the way like people view this godhead that like, oh, these people can't do anything on their own. The godhead has to be in control and it's whatever the godhead does. It's nothing that you can do yourself that is savable. It's only someone from above that can save you. <laughs> I don't agree with you on that. I'm thinking it's more along the whole theme that's going on with this of just you have one way of thinking and he's thinking we have to get the power on, but we've given up so much of my life for power how are we going to solve that issue rather than mm-hmm. how to solve opening the doors. It's how to get power so we can open the doors. Mm-hmm. So he's not even thinking the right way. He only has focused on the one solution or one problem he's thinking of. Because he trusts in himself. It's just like someone who's doing a project and there's like a simple solution, but they're thinking so deep into it, they can't right. see the simple solution. Right. Martha and the doctor go back to the TARDIS, but she refuses to go inside until he talks to her about what the face of Bo said, being the last of his kind, and that he was not alone. The doctor tells her about the time war and the planet that was Gallifrey. Now, is that the first time we actually heard that much of the story about the time war? It does feel... Like I it's the most direct. I think that's the most information we've gotten. Just presented as like exposition direct. And right. it's nice. I almost want to say we got more in Doomsday. Is it the one with the Daleks? With the Daleks and the Cybermen. In, in, yeah. In, where they were in, locked in the time yeah. war prison. I mean, the time, the time jail. Prison. But here it is more direct. Okay. And more heartfelt. Right, yeah. right, right. Personal. And I think this is what cements Martha for me as a character yeah. and as a yes. companion. Yeah, is the moment she, she sat yeah. down on that chair. She took the time and said, no, you talk to me. Yeah, what I really like about Martha is she addresses everything. I really didn't like part of this story that the doctor and Martha are apart for the majority of this. I mean, yes, it kind of puts Martha in charge of that little area and shows some stuff of Martha, but that they're separated throughout this whole episode bugged me since it's also so soon in Martha's well, relationship to the doctor. Look at it this way. 
they both they've been together this whole time and they haven't really neither of them are sort of being honest with either themselves or uh, the, each other by by being a, by being taken away from each other it wakes them up to actually think about what they're experiencing they're kind of taking each other in the situation for granted and now that the doctor doesn't have Martha there to impress he's actually left with how he actually treated her and without Martha you know having a crush or just being excited she's actually being confronted by the, the actual situation she's in with her family and him I don't even know him and if they were still together she wouldn't have thought of that she would have just kind of been going along again more de- not denial I wouldn't call that denial but um no, I think this is this is getting them out of denial. Right, exactly. They're both coming out of it's denial. It's basically giving him a reality check. It's giving both of them yeah. a reality check. She actually has the courage to say rebound yeah. in front of him. And yeah. he actually is like, I lied to her. Right. So they are coming right. out of rebound. And I think they needed this. So, so much happens with her after this. It's kind of like you needed some big catalyst at this point in the story arc uh, to do that. And from a script point of view, when they're separate, the only thing that they're doing... They're thinking about each other. Yeah. They're t- the doctor's talking about Martha. Martha's talking about the doctor the whole time. Because I don't necessarily like it, but that yeah. is what they're doing. No, it's good you, points, you, but I you know, agree with you that I don't like it. But at least that does gives it a signify reason. some of the reasons why they did that. Also, it is we're used to... We've reached the, we had reached the point with Rose where when they got separated, we didn't have any anxiety about it. The doctor didn't have any anxiety about it. But this is new to Martha. So having them apart, we don't know if Martha can will be okay, right. I guess, basically. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out she does just fine. So, Gridlock, who is this episode good for? Meaning, this episode is good for who? Huh. I actually think this is good for a new viewer. Um, I, I could totally see someone not liking it because it is there's at, at, on its surface level, it's really silly. But I I don't know. I think it does everything that most of the other Doctor episodes do. So you would Monsters use this episode to introduce to somebody. You'd be like, Hey, have you seen Doctor Who? No. Here, watch this episode. You're gonna love it. I don't know. Thank you for re-explaining <laughs> yeah. the question we've yeah. used for a season. Now. I want to say thank you, Martha. <laughs> that was very Martha-esque. <laughs> I would. Yeah, I'm going to just go with it. But cool. only at a seminary. Yes. <laughs> I would. Because I am torn between casual and new. Because I like this episode. If you don't delve that deep into it, I guess. Um, it's fun. And um, I, I agree with what Josh said. So I'm going to give it put in the number one category that everyone will enjoy this episode if they watch it i'm torn between not good f- for new or casual but a doctor who fan or a diehard only i so do not like this episode it doesn't make me angry like love and monsters so it's not that i i hate driving so much seriously it just my commute is killing me so as my commute in life gets worse the less i can even think of this episode because it just makes me have a panic attack i'll be kind and say that it's category three which would you would need to be a doctor who fan to enjoy this episode another analogy we are slaves to our commutes every day (laughs) and we follow them blindly (laughs) yeah well but i also will say maybe i was blinded because of that but all of this in-depth stuff never thought of in a million years and probably never would have i do like now the 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 whole 
places in denial and that our characters are coming out of denial. So that's a good motif to go with. I still don't get the whole religion thing. Well, you don't, you don't see what we're talking about? Um, I don't see it, but that's just me. Yeah, but, but I sort of agree with Auburn that these are kind of obvious tropes from the Bible. But what I really like, it's for the people who are very religious, if you really do think about it, he's kind of poking yeah, fun, poking absolutely. fun at your religion. I think it's an atheist. So it's for I, I the never person. have a problem with that. Yeah, so it's for, the, it's for the very religious person to think there's a religious episode for them, and then it's like, no, I'm just poking fun at you. Yeah. If you guys see it, then it exists. All right. I will go with Brian and give it a three. And just as a little wrap up to my thoughts, I feel like the one with the beast, impossible, planet. impossible planet and the Satan pit. Yes. Both of those tackled kind not, not the same themes that this episode tried to tackle, but I feel like the way that they went about connecting symbols to the story was a lot better than this than this. And while I can read into it, many of those themes and many of those ideas, like uh, like Josh was saying, I you know I don't necessarily think that they were unintentional or intentional, but because it is so frazzled, you know, it is like an abstract piece of art. Like you can bring what you want to bring to it, and uh, so that's why I give it a low score because I don't think it's focused enough on what the story should be and what it's trying to say because all of us are able to see these different points of view about it, which I'm saying now does not make it a very, does not make it one of the best episodes of Doctor Who that would inspire somebody to keep watching, in my opinion. I'm going to go with the theme of the episode of threes and also give it a three. So I'm the third one giving it a three, which is, uh, if you are a fan of Doctor Who, you probably would like it and watch it. I don't think it's a great way to introduce somebody to the show because I don't think it has a lot of the Doctor Who sections that we that I usually like. Casual, I think you'd just be a little lost in what Doctor Who is. So I'm going for three that you already know what's going on. You're a fan of the show and you'll watch that and might enjoy it. I think I have to watch it again after this podcast because I, same as Brian, didn't get a lot of the religious connotations. I don't even remember them saying Jehovah yeah, during this. Twice. twice. Yeah, but it didn't register to me as all. But to anything. me, it's just a, by George, by Joe. Right. So I, I, it was so a dinner fit didn't. for Jehovah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for a jumping yeah. Jehoshaphat. <laughs> I would want to give it a three. <laughs> but there's kittens <laughs> so i'm gonna give it a two and really i'm like with all these analogies that i'm coming up with it's like i'm grasping at straws i was just trying to like figure something out it has to be a little bit deeper than this like you had some beautiful art references and you wow, know you're good <laughs> you all sounded really confident. Well, you know, that's what I do for a living. Yeah. <laughs> so a two for kittens. <laughs> they were cute kittens, too. I enjoy this episode. It's fine with me. I don't think too deeply about it. <laughs> it um, and You're still outnumbered. I, that doesn't matter. I've been there. I've numbered all my life. <laughs> you don't like cats. <laughs> I, I don't have to pet these cats and react to them. Allergically. (laughs) 
I, I don't mind that the doctor and the companion are separated. They're both, they, it shows how they're both strong characters because they're doing things independently and still, you know, trying to solve the situation absent of the other. And this, to me, this speaks more, not with the religious portion, but with the, the human fortitude spirit that Russell has always been trying to, to shine a spotlight on, you know, like humanity survives, humanity will persevere through extreme circumstances no matter what. And then, you know, with these hymns that Brian didn't grow up with, with uh, Old Rugged Cross and Abide With Me, they're hymns that I grew up with. So, it, you know, it hits me in a certain way that like Martha's reaction shots of her, you know, I feel what she's feeling in that moment when they're all singing. And um, again, this episode really cements Martha as a strong companion. I mean, stronger than Rose that she was able to tell the doctor, hey, you need to talk to me, you know, sit with me here, tell me what's going on. You know, let's discuss this stuff. And, you know, this is the last episode we get with the face of Bo. So made well, me sad. What's the difference between an 18 year old and someone who's just graduated from med school? Oh, sure. I'm just saying. 19. I like that too. I like that difference. I like that yeah. they showed the difference. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is her Martha's third episode in, and she's already separated from the doctor and standing up to him. Yeah, and we don't we don't even bat an eye about it. When did they go to couples counseling? In gridlock two point <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm, I'm teetering on new and casual. I'm gonna have to go with uh, with casual on this one, but yeah. I For would kittens. go with new. I would go with new as well, but I have to pick one. And I do want to just <laughs> say again that these are just our views, our opinions, and that our system of one through four are not great episodes to bad episodes. Right. There's different reasons why they go into whatever category, such as when I said three, that's not, I don't think it's a good one for a new or casual viewers because of different reasons. And some of those could be like, the pl- there's a too much history in the plot, so you don't know what the characters are doing, or it's too convoluted without knowing other aspects of it. And this one, I just don't know if it's a great representation for somebody new to start watching. And so that's not necessarily that it's bad. I did like it better this time than I have in the past. Watching it is like, oh, I get a little bit more fun out of it. But that's the reason, not just that it's a bad episode or good episode. Unless you give scoring. it a five. It's a bad episode. Right. Okay. I mean, there is some correlation to it. There is some correlation to these, but it's not just saying that it's a bad episode. It's saying it's not, we don't think it's great for somebody new coming in or doesn't have the history of watching some of the Doctor Who. So there are views on Gridlock. Let us know what you think and what you saw. Were there any other themes or symbology that we have not brought up that you saw in this episode? Please let us know. Email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time when the future becomes the present. You've just listened to an episode of Who Knew? Our wonderful theme music is by Michael Grady. Find him on Facebook at The Universe Explodes. All our episodes are engineered by our very own Auburn. Find me at auburnbinkley.com. You can find this show in several places. Follow us on Twitter at Who Knew Podcasts. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Who Knew Podcast. All our episodes are on whonewpodcast.com. You can leave comments there or email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is inspired by Doctor Who, the longest running sci-fi show in history, 
and especially the revival spearheaded by Russell T. Davis. Thanks to Russell, Sidney Newman, Verity Lambert, Ron Grainer, and all those involved in the adventures of our favorite Time Lord. Your work continues to inspire and entertain. Mention, did we see and did we mention if we did who she was talking to before that we saw her, or did we just see her before we find out who she was talking to? I think you lost okay. me there. Oh boy. <laughs> Who's on first? We, we did see you talking to the face of Bo. Yes. Okay. And now, a moment with Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Ready, Brian? Mm hmm. Okay. <laughs>